is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. But I'm Mike Simpson. States have been easing COVID restrictions over the last uh, several weeks. CDC helping out saying vaccinated people don't need to wear a mask outdoors anymore if they're not in a big crowd. So what about the indoor mask mandates? Can those be next? Dr. Fauci suggesting it could happen, but is it a good idea? We'll find out. You might soon be able to knock out your flu and COVID shots in one visit to the doctor's office. What would persuade you to get a shot if you haven't already? How about a shot and a beer? We'll tell you how and where. Let's start with indoor mask mandates. Dr. Monica Gandhi, she's with us again. She's an infectious disease physician over at UC San Francisco. So, doctor, if you're fully vaccinated, what are some of the caveats? Let's say you, you want to go to eat, go to a movie or a concert, mask or no mask? No, it's a great question. And I think the way that we're going to realize and you're going to see what happens when indoor mask mandates will be lifted is that it will depend on vaccination rate likely linked to case rates. So what I mean is, you know, I'm protected as a vaccinated person, but the more and more people who get vaccinated other people who are not vaccinated are protected by virtue of us getting vaccinated. So those who can't get vaccinated yet, like children, they're protected because the cases are going down so low. And of course, California has the lowest case rates in the nation. So at a certain point, and what's that number? Could be two in 100,000, that there's two in 100,000 cases, for example. It's so low that you as an unvaccinated child are unlikely to see the virus like you were unlikely to see it in 2019. That's what herd immunity means. We protect others by our vaccination. So I think what they're going to do, sort of based on what Dr. Fauci said yesterday, is link it to vaccination rate and probably look at either hospitalization or case rates in in the state. And then the state will say, okay, it's safe. We don't have to Uh, mask inside. You could mask if you want to, but it can't be a mandate. Okay. Which, I mean, do you think some of the headlines got a little bit too far down the road? Because that was what he kind of said in the next sentence. He said, look, we've got to, we've got to come down even further in a lot of places from where we already are right now, which is of course down from where we were, but there's, there's room, there's still room to go. Yeah. I think that, I mean, actually to be fair, Um, we've had a more complicated relationship with masking in this country than many other places. And it is fair for there to be clean metrics put forth about when mandates would come off. Doesn't mean that people aren't going to feel more comfortable if if they feel more vulnerable uh, to mask inside and they, and they should like anyone can mask, but it's, it's the question of a public health emergency and mandates or not. So he did not give a clear metric. You notice in that, uh, in that speech, he was just musing that, you know, as if the cases keep on going low, we'll get there. And what will that number be? I have this like, I don't know, imagination is going to be 70% first dose rate and two over 100,000 cases or hospitalizations. But I'm, I'm making that up. I don't know what their, what their metrics are they're going to come up with. But because they're being pushed to ask about metrics, I think that there's going to be a metric announced this week. Well, and, and do you think that it will be dramatically different, those metrics in California, because of the low caseload? 
Yes. So that's the other important thing is that um, the national government can actually only mandate on national lands, which is why there isn't a national mass mandate that there are uh, that's only on federal lands. Actually, any mandate is run is only allowed by a state. So California right now has a indoor mask mandate and an outdoor mask mandate outdoor. They tie it to vaccination status. Um, and June 15th is the date that we're all looking forward to for opening up for uh, Governor Newsom, but um, he specifically said he doesn't know about the mass mandate yet until we see the cases. So depending on the vaccination first dose rate by the 15th of June and the cases, I suspect he will be able to, to the parameters I just told you, release the indoor mass mandate because our vaccination rates in the, in the state are going really well. doesn't mean that they're going as great uh, everywhere else. We're kind of a a very good, our state is, is, is really uh, um, winning in terms of uh, our, our incredible vaccination rates and a lot of uptake and a lot less um, hesitancy than other places, which is great. Do you think if they, you know, give people a break this summer because the rates are low, that that makes it then easier to turn around? And if it's needed during the winter to come, they say, hey, masks back on everybody. You know, I think that a mandate versus recommendation versus um, what people are going to want to do are different things. A mandate is a public health emergency. It says you have a deadly disease circulating at this level and uh, we are going to ask you that you have to. You know, you could be hurt. You could be prosecuted if you don't. I think what's actually going to end up happening over the winter is a lot of people are going to mask, but it's not going to be mandated, but it's going to be they're going to want to. They liked not having colds. They liked uh, the low rates of flu. And I think a lot of people are going to mask. Actually, Dr. Fauci, I think himself will be masking, as he indicated um, in that same Meet the Press. But um, and that's actually what happened after the SARS pandemic in East Asia, where it hit East Asia the, the most. There was a lot of voluntary masking after afterwards. And I can see that happening. And then after time, when the pandemic really, really simmers to almost gone, which it's called endemic, which I think will happen soon, people will become more comfortable and they may take them off. But it's going to be a while. You're going to see masks around for a while. Dr. Monica Gandhi, infectious disease physician, University of California, San Francisco. Getting a flu and COVID booster shot could be about as convenient as possible soon. Drug maker Novavax is working on a two-for-one vaccine shot that might be ready by the fall or winter. It's a flu shot and a COVID booster rolled into one. Dr. Cody Meisner, pediatric infectious disease specialist at Tufts University, member of the FDA's vaccine advisory panel. So, doctor, we love a two-for-one special. Uh, When are they aiming to have this done? This is a vaccine that was initially developed for influenza because, as you know, the, the current influenza vaccines are not among the best vaccines that we have. They typically have a effectiveness rate of about 40 to 50% in preventing influenza. But the company, it's uh, called Novavax, was clever and decided, gee, maybe we could also develop a vaccine against COVID-19. And so they used the same technology, same technology, and um, they're considering combining these two vaccines, both the influenza vaccine and the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, into a single shot. And I think everybody uh, will like that. It's 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 always better to give a combination vaccine than just a single vaccine if if you can. So uh, let's look at the. I presume the the flu vaccine part of it. 
would be, and maybe I'm presuming wrong, a, a conventional type flu vaccine. What about the COVID-19 part? Would it be a messenger RNA vaccine such as Moderna and Pfizer? Would it be something more along the lines of AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson? Do we know? Yep, good question. And in fact, it's an entirely different vaccine. We are living through a remarkable period, uh, uh, not only because of the pandemic, but because of the new technology that's becoming available and, and that was uh, sponsored by Operation Warp Speed. This is an entirely new, what we call platform for making vaccines. The protein uh, that's responsible for stimulating immunity Remember, when you get a vaccine, it's usually protein hooked to something so that it stimulates uh, antibodies as well as what are called T cells. And um, the current vaccines for influenza only had about 40 to 50 percent efficacy. But the idea is that this vaccine may work even better. And then they said, well, why don't we use the same technology and see if we can develop a COVID-19 vaccine? Now, what are the unique aspects of this? Well, first of all, there's no live virus, so you can't get infected by this vaccine. It is a killed vaccine. It's not a messenger RNA vaccine, but it's a vaccine that contains the same protein that is the spike protein, and it's attached to little nanoparticle spheres so that you can uh, kind of think of it as uh, like a marble with all of these proteins sticking out from the surface. It kind of looks like the virus itself. And what's unique is that the spike protein is actually manufactured in insect cells, which is wonderful because that means no one's got an allergy to these insect cells so it's a it's going i suspect it's going to be a very safe vaccine and they've done the both the same thing with both what's called the hemagglutinin protein for influenza and the spike protein for covid-19 and as you uh, uh, properly pointed out, it's been studied in hamsters and in animals. We haven't studied it yet in humans, or at least we don't have data uh, from human studies, uh, but that will be forthcoming uh, pretty soon. All right. Dr. Cody Meisner, pediatric infectious disease specialist, Tufts University, member of the FDA's vaccine advisory panel. Doctor, thanks. Coming up after this short break, the solution to vaccine hesitancy might include barley and hops. We ended a podcast last week talking about how New Jersey is offering people a free beer if they get vaccinated. Now, Buffalo, New York, is trying the same thing. It's uh, called Shana Chaser. It's uh, meant to nudge those who might be hesitant. Mark Polencars, County Executive of Erie County, New York. Ben Kessner, Director of Taproom Operations at Resurgence Brewing. So, Mark, whose idea was this? Well, it, it emanated from our uh, Department of Health as well as my office, that we needed to get out to different locations where the public was, offer some small incentive, uh, like the rest of the country. Uh, a couple months ago, we we didn't have enough vaccines and too many people interested, so to speak. Now we have thousands of vaccine supply available for first doses and hardly anybody who was taking them. So we know Buffalonians love their beer. We have some great breweries here. 
So we decided to do the shot in a chaser, get a shot of your vaccine in a, a beer chaser. Uh, we partnered with a number of uh, local breweries, the first of which was Resurgence, and we had a great turnout. Basically, 10 times as many people showed up for their first dose of the COVID <laughs> vaccine as what we've received or seen in the last week at most of our first dose clinics. So it was successful. Yeah. So people like beer. They know where their breweries are. Ben, uh, when you saw all those people coming through the doors, uh, what were you thinking? Well, first of all, we were very excited, you know, uh, going back to our mission statement, uh, we were founded to provide great craft beer in a safe community setting. So when the county approached us for this idea, we thought it was perfect and went right along with our mission. And to see all those people coming in this past weekend, not only for great beer, but to do something to help their community and help themselves made us really happy. Ben, uh, what was the demographic group? Was it mostly uh, younger people? What? So. Uh, on the weekends, it, it kind of masked with our normal weekend crowd. So you'll find 21-year-olds all the way up to 60-plus. So it was a wide range of demographics, uh, everyone from regular customers to people who live in the neighborhood and even some of our employees. So, Ben, for you, for this one as well, what do you think it was? Was it literally the beer that got them in, or was it just that now it's easy because it's right down the street or wherever they live? I mean, if there was hesitancy up to now, is is the you know the seven dollar beer really going to change things for people? And if it does, hey, go go get a beer and a shot, I guess. Right. Well, of course, I like to think a lot of it had to do with our great beer, uh, but <laughs> I think another big part of that was our proximity. So. You know, we've seen a lot of people having a tough time to get their vaccines because of proximity, whether it's where they're located. And, you know, we did see some people from our neighborhood this weekend. So I think that was great. And, you know, touching on our employees being able to do it, uh, I think they have a tough time sometimes as as restaurant workers have, you know, unique schedules. So it's hard for them to kind of get to clinics. So for us to have it right there in the restaurant, I thought it was fantastic. And really to see our employees able to get get their shots as well was uh, very satisfying and gratifying for me. Mark, were these the uh, one-shot J&J? Were they the two-shot ones? And I'm asking because if it's the two-shot one, when they get the second, do they get another beer? Uh, It was the two-shot. It was the Moderna vaccine, and they will get another drink. Uh, The county uh, purchased from Resurgence a pint glass with the Resurgence logo on it. So the person gets the Resurgence pint glass, they took it home, and then they can bring it back for their second shot and, and get the second drink. The nice thing, and this is uh, responding to part of the question you asked, Ben, is we've had a, a big problem uh, getting 20 to 39-year-olds vaccinated. And the vast majority of the individuals who were at this clinic were in that 20 to 39 age category. A number of them said they thought they were eventually going to get vaccinated, but didn't feel like uh, it was something they had to do. But with the extra incentive of getting uh, what is the equivalent of two free uh, drinks, because they get one at the first dose on Saturday, and then when they come back in four weeks, they'll get the second dose and the second drink. It was enough incentive for them to schedule it, come on down. And hopefully they're also buying a few extra brews from a resurgence, so it's worthwhile for the brewery as well. I love how this keeps getting better and better. It's like, yes, of course we give them the second drink, and then also we give them a glass. Ben, did they get, <laughs> did they get pretzels? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do have delicious pretzels. Uh, unfortunately, not included. That's uh, that's an extra charge. <laughs> Fair enough. You can buy your own. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mark, to, to what you were saying for, for people in that age group, right? Who, and it's a whole bunch of things, and we've heard it too. You know, well, I, I feel like if I got it, I'd be safe. Or there's less virus around. Like, it's not going to really affect me. I can wait till the winter if I need all of these different things. Do you think people underestimate the incentive that, like, it doesn't actually take much 
it could take just a beer or two to get these people actually in the door. So you might as well, you might as well try it. That was part of the rationale be- uh, behind this, and, and other breweries are signing up right now. Uh, we have uh, three more scheduled for this week, and, and others in the future weeks. And the reason they're doing that is some of the breweries are like, yeah, we think we can get our staff and, and other of our customers who might not otherwise drive to your permanent clinics to come on down. I don't think you need a whole lot. Uh, for the age group especially, there, there was concern because what we've seen recently is a lot of the new COVID cases, including those who are hospitalized, were of a younger age category under the age of 50. Uh, unfortunately, we had just as many people under the age of 50 die from COVID in April of 2021 as we did in April of 2020. So these variants are affecting the younger age categories more now than they did last year. So anything we can do, even if it's a pint glass and you get two uh, free beers out of it, uh, as well as then being vaccinated, if it's an extra four or 500 people who wouldn't otherwise get vaccinated, that's another four to 500 people that are protected uh, and hopefully will help uh, get us closer to herd immunity. Hey, Ben, because this apparently has worked out so well, uh, any thought to sort of doing this sort of thing for other perhaps health-related things that, you know, that people are reluctant to do, but you give them you give them a beer and they'll say, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, we have uh, we have great representatives here in our county, including Mark Polencars and Dr. Gail Burstein, who was present uh, this weekend. She's our county health commissioner. So we're always open to listen to them. And if it benefits the community at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. Uh, we want to have a great environment for people to come and, and be in a safe place to, to come together and enjoy beer uh, and good health in a community environment. All right. Ben Kessner, director of the uh, Taproom Operations at Resurgence Brewing there, hosted the Shot and the Chaser on Saturday. Mark Polencars, County Executive, Erie County, New York. That's where Buffalo is. Good idea. I like it's it. It's working. Yeah. You know. Go get your shot and a beer. A young woman in Italy might have some added protection and then some from COVID-19. She was mistakenly given six doses of the Pfizer vaccine all at once. A doctor in the Tuscany region says it happened because the nurse had an attention lapse. That's what you want to have a nurse have an, an attention lapse, <laughs> yeah. right? Oops. Yeah, you well, only hear the word oops after something, yeah. right? <laughs> well, the doctor says each Pfizer vial has six doses, which must be individually extracted and placed in separate vials where they are then diluted. But the nurse administering the vaccine mistakenly injected all of the liquid from an undiluted vial. She apparently thought the dilution had taken place. The woman who got the six doses was released from the hospital. She didn't suffer any bad side effects as far as we know. Now she's booking flights, you know. Yeah. Going to bars. She's like, I'm super immune. Don't worry about me. Wow. Uh, Yeah. This is an Odyssey original. Find us on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.